Hello and welcome. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Rob. And together we are Antique Dust. Dust. Woohoo! And apologies. We are back for the final episode of series one of Downton Abbey. We have had a little bit of a hiatus though, haven't we? Well, you know, <laughs> life gets in the way sometimes. Yes, we have been busy doing our wine exams and that took up a lot of time and then I've had lots of dental issues and things. No one wants to know about no. dental issues. But it is now a rainy Sunday while we are recording this and our camera lawn is getting drenched by Storm... Is it Anthony? Something Anthony. like that. Anthony? 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 Spelt with an I. So Anthony with an I. Street, a street Anthony. So, anyway, um, we are we have just watched um, the episode seven of series one of Downton Abbey. Oh my god, it was so full and jam packed, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, so it all opens. Um, lots of crucial events unfold, and the ep- episode uh, begins with the announcement of. Cora Crawley's pregnancy. They've just come back from a season in London and uh, she is the joy of expecting a fourth child 18 years later after the last one. <laughs> so I was like... There's your yeah. start for 10 and no conferring. <laughs> so, um, so there's a lot lots of uncertainty where it comes to Mary. Mary, Mary, quite contrary. Yes, indeed. Um, who has been doing the season in London, fourth time. Um, and um, she said when she was returning from Downton, she would um, give Matthew her decision. Yeah, but what proposal. if Matthew's now no longer the the heir? No. What, so, what um, so sort of the uh, aunt um, who uh, her aunt is sort of putting a spanner in the works for Mary, um, suggesting that potentially. A sort of marrying a, a lowly solicitor, a country solicitor, wouldn't be the right thing to do. But sadly, Mary's a bit of damaged goods, isn't she? Mm, well, lots so that's not really the best advice from her aunt. No, the aunt's aware of what's happened, and then we have a, a visitation um, at the London house from one of Mary's previous suitors, the the chap that, or is it Mr. Strand something or other? Oh, here we go. Sorry. <laughs> Come on, help me out here, love. Well, I don't have my notes, so I can't help you out with that. So um, it becomes apparent that it wasn't him, the, the spanner in the works for the Turkish embassy. It was actually Edith. <gasps> oh, gosh, Edith. Well, yeah. I think if Edith hadn't been goaded by Mary... Well, and they're Mary as bad as each other. They're as bad as each other. It's like, hold just a sister thing. It's a sibling rival. But no, but siblings. Anyone who has had sisters, then, you know, that's just how it is with sisters sometimes. Mm, yeah, well, I've never had a sister, thank goodness. Well, well pretty, obviously. Pretty useless brother, but. <laughs> that's another story. Um, so it's all sort of kicking off with regards to the sort of marriage proposal and what have you. And obviously with Cora being pregnant, there's a chance that it could be a boy. So therefore Matthew and sort of sort of posse is potentially no longer required and sort of abandoned by the sidelines, which is um, sort of like, hmm, sort of like, I, I imagine that would be quite tough when you've been tempted with everything it's like say you've won the lottery oh oh no sorry no, you made haven't. a mistake 
We've made a mistake. No, <clears throat> you haven't. You've you've got the Tombola prize of some sort of Lily of the Valley talc. <laughs> so, um, and there's also a little bit of the of a problem with with the Dowager, her lady's maid. Mm. Yes. Mm. So her lady's want maid. To say more? Her lady's maid is abandoning her. It's so inconvenient. She's getting married. <laughs> so, how know. could she do I that? How can, the how, how, yeah, I mean, how can staff have, have a life? Have a life. I mean, really, do they not realise that uh, that's not what's expected? Of exactly. Them? I know exactly. Though it's, it's the same thing. I say when I have my staff and team and that sort of thing, it's like, how dare you get another job elsewhere? That is really inconvenient. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. But then we discover that there's zero meaningful communication between Cora and O'Brien. And O'Brien, because O'Brien gets a, 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 there's a sniffer that they're putting an advert in for a lady's maid. So O'Brien, lady. yeah, I mean, O'Brien overhears lots of conversations about new ladies' maids and, and all the rest of it. And since there seems to be, as I said, zero effective communication, yeah, between Cora and O'Brien, she immediately grabs the wrong end of the stick and th- thinks that she's being sacked. Well, she's being she, that they're replacing her and then to get rid of her, uh, which is, I mean, in fairness, Cora, say Cora should have actually thought and said, right, okay, O'Brien's been my lady's maid for ten years. Um, she knows a lot of people, a lot of other ladies' maids, so she may be able to find someone that can having a recommendation. That's what. A normal no person people, would no. do, but, but oh that, no, oh, oh no. no, not for the aristocracy. Let's no. not do anything like that. Oh, they are all a little bit clueless, aren't they? I mean, I, I'm, I, I do love the Downton family. Uh, I think they're very, very fabulous. But the sort of the the staff have are more, have got they pick up on the nuance a little bit more. <laughs> so they're a bit more streetwise in the respect of um, they they're that the their security is based on the family so therefore they're always looking out for themselves as the respect of like well, how will this affect me whereas the the, the family are sort of a little bit i think the word entitled when they were they did have titles though didn't yes, they? So, yeah so they were in entitled <laughs> well they were yeah um titled i, I guess but yeah. but you know, it's such a different, different world. You know, the when when your job really is so dependent. But not just you know when we're talking about this period of time, it's not just your job; it's your whole world. Yeah. That yeah. is essentially dependent upon this family. This fam. This family, because you can be dismissed at a moment's notice, and if you don't get a good reference, then your, your job prospects are gone. Yeah, exactly. So it's a it's a very tenuous um, life. But then again, I think a lot of people looked at it as a job for life, wasn't it? Really, so you for many people, it was a job for life. You entered service, and then you, you stayed with the same family your entire working life, and then I'd hopefully they would they would see you right in your retirement. Mm. So yeah, so it's a. It's a, a little bit, uh, oh, and they also also mentioned because obviously the staff find out about Cora's pregnancy, and they're all very, oh, shall I knit some booties? And Thomas is actually quite 
gruff about it and said, well, look, well, he was actually matter yeah. of fact. And yeah. I, I mean, Thomas like, is quite modern about it. Yeah. You know, he's not grovelly and um, kowtowing and, and all the rest of it. And, and you know, and I think he has a valid point when he says, why would we spend our money buying buying gifts for people who are much, much wealthier than, and, you know, yeah, m- maybe he's got a, he has, he has, point it has got a point, that. and it, but that obviously that speaking out is very, very much. Sort of well, it's not the done upon. thing. It's no. not the done thing. So yeah, but I thought, mm, yeah, I say it, it, I, I quite like Thomas because obviously I know his story arc. But for this series, so the first series, it was a nasty piece of work. Him and O'Brien were really horrible. Horrible people, but they were actually speaking a truth. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so, so O'Brien thinks she's going to be replaced, um, and then she acts out with Cora. Um, Cora's having a bath, and she hears. Uh, she, she goes in to say the bathroom run, and the dowagers there, and they're discussing. They're discussing the new ladies' the, maid. The new ladies' maid, and O'Brien overhears this. And is obviously a little bit upset, and so then the next scene we have is with Cora in the bathtub, and she's there bathing herself. A lot, a very nice bath actually, sort of very very lovely. No modesty windows at that bathroom, but I suppose you're not overlooked, are you? Well, no. I mean, who's going to be peeking in your window? They haven't constructed a block of council flats. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Down, down. Down. Uh, and she drops a soap, and the soap bar breaks in two. So sort of um, O'Brien picks up part of the soap and then says all the other parts under the bath um, and gives her the soap and then pushes it with a foot so it's sort of within whatever. So when Cora can come out, then it might cause a slip hazard. And she goes back into the room and then she looks at a reflection in the mirror and I thought that was really well played. Uh, and she said, you are not this person and calls out, but it calls out too late... And whoops. Whoops. Yeah, so... And there she's no longer pregnant. Yes. And it becomes apparent that it was a boy. Yes. And that's very, very sad. Poignant. It's poignant, it's poignant and sad. And again, it puts the whole family in jeopardy. Again, with regards to the wealth and what have you. Um, and again, Thomas speaks his truth when the, the, the staff downstairs are... Sort of go, uh, sort of waxing and feeling mourning. So look, they don't know, don't even know our names. Some of them don't even know your names. Um, but he was a bit malicious, along with that, and uh, there's a bit of a pu- punch up. So well, because he's rather unpleasant to William about the death of his mother. Mm, yeah. So it's 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 very um, very poignant and Carson actually sort of although the punch was thrown at Thomas he um, pats the person who threw the punch on the shoulder as a like assurance that he's done something that he wanted to do but obviously he was restrained enough not to um, so that was that that was quite interesting the whole Thomas dynamic because obviously Thomas there's war brewing because of the, the Duke of something or other in Austria. Archduke Franz Ferdinand. 
Yes. Yeah, your grasp of history, history is astonishing. Yeah. So this is the start of World War One with um, sort of uh, sort of the sort of assassination of said duke, um, and everyone knows something is brewing. So Thomas is looking out for himself. So he wants to go into the medical corps. Um, so he doesn't have to fight. So he doesn't have to fight. He doesn't have to go in the trenches and doesn't have to put his own body on the line. Um, so while the doctor's around, the doctor um, puts a recommendation forward. So which saves a lot of hassle because obviously um, um, the sort of they're, they're they're looking to get rid of him um, because it's a bit of a nasty piece of work. It's stirred the pot where it comes to Mister Bates. And it's just say it's it's an awkward situation. So, um, but it's very it's very interesting scenes with Thomas and O'Brien, um, and yeah. So it was it was very very interesting. So that storyline aspect was very very good. Um, and so and then we've got this story which has got a little bit of amusement with Mrs. Patmore because Mrs. Patmore is sort of her cataracts has uh, caused various hijinks in the. Uh, in the kitchen where she's tried to well yeah i mean she's she's really been bullying poor poor daisy mm. to try to compensate or shift the blame for her failing eyesight onto onto daisy so um uh, so basically they have um sent her down to london to get her eyes tested along so, with anna along with anna um so anna goes along with Miss patmore and she goes in for her operation and uh, it's all being paid for um, by by Downton, and uh, it's uh, uh, it's a bit of unease for Mrs. Patmore because the cook from Matthew Matthew's uh, cook uh, comes up to look after it, and there's a bit of a standoff and a comedic motion. I can't remember the name of the, the cook. Mrs. Bird. Mrs. Bird. Mrs. Bird. Mrs. Bird. Bird. Mrs. Bird. As in Tweety Pie, the bird. <laughs> so, uh, so Mrs. Bird is a very formidable lady, very northern, um, and very no nonsense. N- very incredibly no nonsense. Um, and Mrs. Patmore sort of persuades Daisy to, uh, to to make her food not taste as nice. And there's a scene where um, she's sort of grating some soap into the into soup. The soup. Um, which she thinks the soup is for the upstairs, but actually, sort of Mrs. Bird has sort of wandered. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I think she could see a few steps ahead. So again, another formidable lady, and uh, it's actually the staff food, and, and it's inedible. It's, it's inedible. rendered inedible by Daisy. Yes, and but Mrs. Bird, rather than sort of attacking her to said look you've done yeah you're she, comf- she essentially comforts her and recognizes but she recognizes that she's trying to be loyal to to mrs patmore yeah and uh, they basically have the meat stew the, the the beef stew which sounds much nicer than soup with soap <laughs> so <laughs> and there was also a very lovely scene when mrs patmore comes back and uh, they're planning for the garden party and obviously, Mrs. Patmore and Mrs. Bird have been sort of standoffish against each other. And Mrs. Um, oh God, Hughes. Mrs. Hughes. Yes, you've got. Yeah, you're you're, you're working with this. You remember the names. So there's a big. Well, cast. one of us. One of us has to. Mm, yeah. So um, I should. Be, if I was on the stage, prompt, prompt. 
So Mrs. Hughes is there saying, well, I made the orders. And Mrs. Bird says, um, I have never known that we don't have sort of carte blanche with stock cupboard. We should be making the orders because we're actually cooking it. Uh, it's sort of they have a Mrs. Patmore and Mrs. Bird have a have an allegiance there. Yes. They have a they have a bonding moment <laughs> over putting Mrs. Hughes in her place. Mrs. Hughes, Mrs. Hughes, like <laughs> sort of goes away. Um, so that was I thought that was really there was some really really good comedic. They balanced this episode with some really good comedy, and I thought that was. <laughs> That was really, really about me titter. <laughs> so moving on um, to the Mr. Bates situation. Mr. Bates was obviously set up by Mrs. O'Brien and Thomas um, for Thomas stealing wine and then various things going missing and blah, blah, blah. Um, so they've decided to get rid of Mr. Bates once and for all. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Mrs. O'Brien's ladies' maids found some dirt on Mr. Bates, um, saying that he was in prison for thieving um, some silver, um, and Mr. Bates is saying nothing. And everyone, Carlson is wanting to to give him a chance. Um, so the um, sort of like the sort of the head of Downton. Okay, Lord right. Grant- Prompts, Lord, Lord Grantham. Grantham. Lord Thank Grantham. you. Thank you. Wow. Is it, dear, li- dear listeners, Rob, <laughs> Rob obviously needs a couple more cups of coffee. Uh, so, no. So, no, no, no. Hang on a minute. No, uh, Rob is, is not anticipating that after a relatively short hiatus away from doing the podcast that you have completely forgotten the name of every single character. Well, I didn't get my top trumps, did I? So... Well, that's not my fault. <laughs> no, so... So Lord Grantham wants to give Mr. Uh, Mr. Bates a chance, but Mr. Bates isn't saying anything. He's keeping mum. Um, and while Anna is in London, she goes sniffing around. So she goes to the barracks, um, tries to find um, sort of, a, a, sort of on, under the auspice that he's a, she's a cousin looking to get in yeah. contact. Yeah, and the so person, she's looking for information. And the barracks chap sort of says, I don't know where his wife is, but uh, or his, his address, but here's his mother's address. Yes, but crucially, he also says or comments on what strange business the mm. whole theft was. So that sets a seed yeah. for Anna to, to, to dig at. Yeah, so uh, she goes along and sees the mother, um, and the mother says this sort of the, the evil... Um, Vera. 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 Such a, such a vindictive name. Vera. Apologies to any Veras who might Vera. be listening. Yes, to this. we love Veras that listen to our podcast. Other Veras that don't listen to our podcast, ooh, evil. We don't like them um, because they're all nasty bits of work. Apparently. Hmm. Clutching pearls as we speak. And um, basically, it comes apparent that Mr. Bates was a little bit of a drunk. He didn't hit or anything like that, but he was a bit rude and horrible. And because of that, and because he was. Because they had post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, so... That's not what they called it then, but no, that's yeah, what so, it is. And so he, he, he sought solace, solace in, in booze. And uh, Vera stole the silver and he took the flat for it. And um, that's why he was released out of prison early. So, um, But Mr Bates doesn't want to tarnish his wife's or his ex-wife's name um which is 
I suppose it's honourable in a way. Maybe he just feels that he was so horrible that he pushed her to do it. But who knows? Yeah, his his motivation isn't really clear at this point as to why he was so protective of his wife. Mm, yeah. So, and yeah, so it just feels like... Mm, so Anna then sort of after sort of finding out this information then rather than tell, tell Carson's goes to Lord Grantham and and tells him and basically that's puts pay to Interestingly uh, she didn't tell Mr Bates either. No. Which is which is peculiar. Um but I suppose Mr Bates wouldn't want Tittletack. Yeah. So she knows exactly where the audience Yes, that has to go straight to that. So you can understand her motives. Um, and there was a really nice touching scene at the garden party where um, Mr. Bates is talking to the Dowager's butler and and basically stating that um, I say the other the, the the Dowager's butler. I think it was a Dowager's butler, isn't it? Yes. Okay, you'll get yes. blank. Yeah, yes. the Dowager's butler. Um, was asking to put his hat in the ring with regards to Anna. And uh, she says, oh, is, he, is, is there a chap in her life? And sort of Mr. Bates says, um, yes, but he's very reserved. But um, So it gives, it puts a little bit of pay. It puts a, sets the, the scene that he does like her. Um, he does respect her. And I think he does want more, which is which is really there's, there was quite a lot of romance in this one um speaking back to romance we had oh, edith yes. oh dear <laughs> edith goes out for a drive with and you can give the name anthony stralin anthony stralin and um he preempts her so off screen so she's regaling this story to, to cora um that he is going to ask her a question at the a garden party and yes. so that could potentially be marriage and she's well what else would it be mm, yeah it's like yeah come and come and look at my petunias would yeah you'd like to come, come up to my that? room to see my etchings it's not going to be that yeah. is it so edith is getting really quite excited but then it all comes apart then cora not cora um so mary um, mary. mary now knows about edith and they have a bit of a tense conversation yeah uh, about what edith did and then mary just gets her revenge gets her revenge by speaking to anthony and uh basically saying oh he's she's avoiding some old duffer i don't know who it is he's going to ask her a question or something like that and basically sort of it's like smothers <laughs> that flame of passion yes uh, yeah. so she makes flannel. she makes out that edith has been mocking him yes um, and then he leaves and doesn't ask the question. So Edith is left bereft. Yes. Mary is also left bereft. Well, before Mary's bereft, she's smug and lets Edith know just by a little tilt of her glass mm. that she's the one responsible mm. for Stralin's sudden Depart departure. Yeah. But then she gets so her get comeuppance. With Matthew. With Matthew. Because... Yeah, so it's also dramatic. It's also drama, drama, drama. But I mean, the thing is, she she's doing it by du for duty rather than love. But there is a connection there, and you can tell there's a there's, there is a connection there. So, um, so that that was kind of 
Well, it was very comeuppance, but Mr. Carson, he consoles her, which is which is quite, quite it's sort of like, I thought that was, so there was a scene underneath the trees, so with the lovely scenery in the background, um, and sort of, he holds her into, mm-hmm. it, 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 sort of into him, which is quite sort of unlike Carson. Well, we do, we do know, or at least we will subsequently learn that, you know, Carson and Lady Mary have known each other for, well, her entire life, life and they, they do have a, a closeness. But nothing untoward. Mm. No, so, um, so, so we do cover sort of. So I, I, that, I thought that was really quite touching. So, ultimately, the upstairs family, the Granthams, not a lot is going their way. Um, they've lost. Well, they had to know. They've, they've had the telephone installed. They've had, a, they've had two telephones installed. That's, haven't that's, they? One that's downstairs. a nice touch. There was again more comedic things. The Carson pretending to answer the telephone and going straight through to the operator. Yeah. So the operator heard his pretend answer is, and <laughs> eventually asked, "What the what the heck are you doing?" <laughs> so um, and so in the meantime, um, with the telephone engineer coming round, um, Sybil. Uh, hears that they, they're looking for a secretary and puts, gets yeah. Gwen to put an application in. Um, and she follows it up and said, well, you didn't have any experience. And sort of Sybil says, well, she's, she, she works here. And the, the guy, the telephone engineer, um, said, well, my mother was a housemaid. I've got a lot of respect for that because she didn't put any experience down. She didn't, yeah. she didn't say anything about what she what she does so they have an interview in the library sort of Lord Grantham's not allowed to go in and so, it's so, all library so, uh, me, the telephone engineer is having a, a meet, an interview with with my housemaid for a job in my own library <laughs> in my own I, library and I'm not allowed to go in so which was like oh bless um, and the first telephone call that was made um, was the telephone engineer um, phoning in and the the uh, driver, sort of a chauffeur, um, sort of picks up the call and uh, and, the, and gives the good news to Sybil, and then Sybil gives the good news to Gwen, and they're all hugging and what have you, and it's all like, ooh, yay! And Gwen's going on to be a secretary, stroke legal eagle in um, the spin-off to the oh, is it the the, the what's the it? good fight? The, the good fight. Uh, she was in the first three series of that, wasn't she? Yeah. <laughs> And Game of Thrones, don't forget Game of Thrones. Did you Game of Thrones as well? I didn't. I've never watched Game of Thrones. It's too bloody for me. So no. no. <laughs> um, and Mrs. O'Brien, not Mrs. O'Brien, Mrs. Mrs. Hughes, the housekeeper. The housekeeper, Mrs. Hughes, uh, sort of eyes up the chauffeur and says, "Watch what you're doing there. You don't want to loot to yeah. bro- break your heart." Because it's very chummy. He's very chummy with with Sybil. Um, with Sybil. Say you don't want to lose your job and you break your heart. Yeah. And he says, "What do you mean?" And she just leaves it as that. So he word knows. to the wise. Yes. So a nod as good as a wink to a blind horse or whatever. So and a lot happens at that garden party as well, with the respect of uh, a telegram arrives and war has been declared, but also Thomas has also handed his notice in um, to. Um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Be- uh, Mr. Oh, Carson. <laughs> so, 
Um, I will, we, dear listeners, we will get You've this right. You've been saying that and, for a whole series. I, I, I will be training Rob to jump in sort of readily with names when, or, uh, as or even when. better, or even better, you could use the 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 extensive list of cast. I know, and but characters. you've printed it so low. I sort of I need to buy bifocals. I feel like hinge and bracket. It so low. <laughs> so, so it's a tiny, tiny font. So, uh, so war has been declared. Matthew is declaring that he's not going to be marrying and and wants to marry for love. And Mary isn't sort of declaring undying love. It's more duty. Um, And um, it's all kicking off. So I love this episode. It really is. There was so much in it. There was a lot. There was a lot in it. You know, we covered a lot of ground. We learnt a lot, you know. There's a whole that whole pregnancy thing, just like was one episode. It was quite, quite compact. But again, it's another one of these episodes where the entire summer has gone by. Yeah, I don't know how what length of time this is all meant to be in for this series because it must be yeah. two years. Well, we're obviously we're now in September nineteen fourteen. So when did the when did the Titanic go down? Nine, April. 1912 so it is two years since the titanic sunk yeah because it starts off with the titanic sinking um so this is so it covers a two-year window so mm. quite a lot happens mm. um so and lady mary still hasn't got married <laughs> so oh gosh she's very finickety isn't she so uh, but yeah i absolutely adore it and uh, i'm looking forward to starting series two with better prompts for names and what have or you. Or perhaps by better remembering the, the names of Well, it's a little bit rusty, dear listeners. So um, I've also joined the Downton... Um, oh, Lord. Uh, yeah, there's the, 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 the a Downton Facebook group. There's a, oh Downton, my God. A, there's a Downton Facebook group. Maybe they'll help you remember the names of the characters. <laughs> yeah. They can provide the like, prompts. There's actually two or three of them, and one of them they have Matthew Pitcher of the Day. <laughs> so someone's a little bit obsessed. Right, okay. <laughs> and there's one lady on there that she has watched the entire series 36 times. Well, she probably remembers the names of the characters then. <laughs> <laughs> do you think maybe we should reach out yeah I think you probably should <laughs> yeah you could, you, you could do the podcast with her she'd probably be much more informative <laughs> so on, on I could just make insightful comments on that yeah so well, anyway dear listeners that, that'd make a nice change <laughs> so dear listeners so I do we do apologise for our we'd quite like to apologise uh, we'd quite like to apologise um, that was episode seven, series one. We will be going cracking back on a more regular uh, podcast um, times. Yeah. yeah, we'll be more regular because Daisy's put syrup of figs in the soup. <laughs> well, no, she didn't. She was thinking about putting syrup, syrup of figs to keep it regular. <laughs> that, I mean, this episode, it, it's, I think it's for older series, everything that's happened in this episode would have actually happened over a series. Yeah. So they did. Pretty much. They did. Julie Fellows did really, really well. Well, it's, it's a, you know, it's a modern style of, of writing, writing drama. You know, we don't have the, well, you don't have the uh, attention span really to, <laughs> to, to put up with a, a 16 episode series that, covers a week in the life of um, the Grantham family. No, it's, it's, 
<laughs> in this week's episode, Lady Mary stubs her toe. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So anyway, dear listeners, uh, apologies for that for the for, for the delay in coming back. We will be back more regularly once a week um, with the uh, series two of Downton. Um, we have got some lots of delicious things to happen. Uh, I'm actually really looking forward to the prequel, which is the Gilded Age. I know it's not been Julian Fellows. It's not a prequel. Well, I it's think not a there, prequel. There, there, there is a sniff that it's, we don't even know if it's in the same universe. I think it is in the same universe, um, and there is talk that the, the series two of the Gilded Age will have um, the Dowager. So who's talking about that then? That's in the Downton. Downton groups, not the yeah. one which has like Matthew That's, picture yeah. of the day. <laughs> well, well, all I can say is that Julian Fellows has ruled out that happening. Yeah, but and I think it sounds like wishful thinking on yeah. the part of he's, he's the, got to do the Downton is, Facebook group. But there is going to uh, apparently there there are there is word on the street that they're looking to do a series seven of Downton. Um, and they're looking to get the cast together, but Lord Grantham. Well, it sounds like a money grab to me. To it be, does. To well, the, the second film was definitely a money grab. That was more of a fan. That, that was yeah, a, that was fan service that rather, was fan than, service. rather than anything else. Let's so, be, let's what happens? Oh, not much. Uh, but our, our, our apologies to the Downton Facebook group, but um, it was it was sheer fan service. Oh, that oh, that the, 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 the film. We will we will cover the film uh, when we when we finish the, the the full six theories um but lord anyway, <laughs> anyway dear listeners this is jonathan signing off and this is rob saying goodbye bye-bye find us all social media pla- platforms like su- subscribe share and um anyway. surprise share Why surprise I- surprise us and share Woo! Uh, <laughs> we're all social media platforms at antique dust anyway dear listeners farewell from me jonathan goodbye bye bye